You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. My name is Linda, and I am honored to share the word of the Lord with you today. I appreciate Pastor Rick taking a chance on others to share the word of the Lord. He has trained us up, and he knows that those that he brings forth to share the word will do so under his tutelage, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Today, before we start, remember we're, we're in a series now about risk, the risk of Christmas, the risk of Christ when he came. Today, I'm going to talk about the risk of Mary, but before we do that, we're going to go ahead and light our advent wreath today. Who remembers what the candle stood for last week? Martin's. Good. Thank you, Marcus. The hope of the prophets. And remember, we looked at a couple of prophecies briefly in Isaiah. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be wonderful, marvelous, miraculous. I'm adding Today we light the candle of peace. And there were shepherds abiding in the field, watching their flock by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord appeared before them and gave this good news. Peace. I bring good news and peace for all mankind. Again, a little bit of my own paraphrasing there. Well, I want to tell you that as we worshiped, we're not in Kansas City anymore. Uh, The atmosphere changed as our dear Lord came to be among us. And so my shoes, these are thanks to Ada Margaret, my shoes indicate that we are in the presence of the Lord. And so we shared worship, and so now we'll share his precious work. So Father, we just pray you come. You have come. That you would anoint the word of the Lord as it goes forth today that we will speak that word in power and truth and authority, that we will proclaim the living Christ Jesus into the earth, not just here in this sanctuary, but across the community, across the state, across the nation, we proclaim the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you all say amen? Amen. Before I share the word, let's pray for Fanny and Dolores and those who can't be with us today. So, Father, we lift Fanny up. Father, she's still in her hospital room. Her heart belongs with the people of God. So, Lord, may you take our hearts to her this day. And we pray for Dolores, Father, that you would continue to breathe life and health into the tissues that are suffering and wounded in her body. Lord, we continue to lift our beloved sisters to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. There are cards for them uh, back on uh, one of the tables in the back. 
If you would sign, just take your pen that Michelle laid at your uh, spot and take your pen and jot them a little note. We're going to send them a little Christmas from the body. We thought if they couldn't be here, we'd try to get to them. So, like I said, today we're going to look at Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary was, as most of you know, a very young woman. She was around 14. She had come into her time of being able to bear children and in, in the Jewish culture back then, that was probably 4 BC, along in there, she was considered a woman and eligible for marriage. And so she had been betrothed to a man in her village named Joseph. And so as we talk about risk, I can't think of a greater risk than a young girl being pregnant outside woodlock. In those days, that was a stonable offense. So can you imagine the risk that she took by saying yes to God? Whenever I want to try to touch base with what was happening in those days, I think I put myself in Mary's place. Next week, Rick will be bringing a message on Joseph. And men, you will be able to put yourself in his place. But before I get to talking more about Mary, let's discuss the backdrop that this story is set against. In Luke 1, we read about Zacharias and Elizabeth. They were a priestly couple. They were both from a priestly line. And they were well past bearing children. They were childless. And back in those days, that was a social stigma, to say the least. I think there's probably much shame involved in that back in those days. And so the angel Gabriel brings a message to Zacharias as he's in the Holy of Holies performing his priestly duties. And an angel of the Lord, Gabriel, the same angel that we're going to see in a minute that visits Mary. Now, I know these are familiar words. This is a familiar story. This is an unknown story. This is a familiar account to you. But I want you to listen today. Because as I got ready for this word, I felt the Lord had something fresh for every person, for every heart that is here today. So don't discount the familiar word. So the angel tells Zacharias that he and his wife are going to have a child. Of course, Zacharias is totally dumbfounded. And you can imagine if the angel came to Mr. Jim and told him he and his wife were going to be parents. That was probably quite a shock, wasn't it, to Zacharias? And of course, Zacharias says, well, how can this be? And then Gabriel says, I'm the angel that stands in the presence of the Lord. And this is what's going to happen. But because you have not believed in my word, you will be mute until the time the child is born. Now, I want to point out one of the commentaries I've read about this infertility or this barrenness that they were experiencing. And I touched on this last year when I preached. These circumstances of infertility set the stage for God to intervene. Now, let me say that again. This circumstance of infertility and 
barrenness set the stage for God to intervene. Now, guys, where is there a barren place in your life? I asked you that last year, too. This is a much different year. Where is barrenness in your life this year? God is setting the stage. He's using this whole story as a backdrop to his story. And we can say the same today about the COVID, about unrest, the elections, anything in our lives. God is setting the stage. I just sense it. Don't you? And haven't you heard other, other people say God is doing something? God is afoot. And so let's be encouraged that just as Zacharias and Elizabeth were infertile, and that looked like a such a hard day for their lives, indeed, God, was God had a plan, a miraculous, wondrous plan. He has that same for your life. He has that same for your life. He has that same for our lives. He has that same for the world, brothers and sisters. Yes, all right, thank you. So we read then in Luke, following this uh, announcement and Zacharias going home to be with his wife, we read in verse 26, Luke 1, 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel, once again, to Nazareth, a town of Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, who was a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled, disturbed, pondering his words and wondered what kind of a greeting this might be. But the angel said, Do not be afraid, Mary. Say those words with me. Do not be afraid. And this time put your own name in it. Do not be afraid. Yes. For you have found favor with God. Now, that would make your day, wouldn't it? You have found favor with God. Wow, my life is made. Guess what? As we dwell in Christ, we have the favor of the Lord. We don't have to wonder about it. We don't have to, to fear it. We have the favor of the Lord, not because of anything we do, but because of our beloved Lord. And so then the angel continues uh, to Mary, you will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. And going on, and Susie, I don't think there's a, a, a slide for this section. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and ever, and his kingdom will know no end. And that's part of the prophetic utterance we looked at in Isaiah 9 uh, last week. Well, Mary said, how can this be? I'm a virgin. And, 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 and evidently, the, 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 the doubt and unbelief that was in Zacharias' heart was not in Mary's heart. And the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. 
so the Holy One reborn will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Let's say that together. For nothing is impossible with God. And then this is the thing that I want to key in on. Let's take a look at Mary's response in verse 38. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. Now before I get into what I feel like I saw here in this verse, I want to point out the very last phrase, and then the angel left her. God drew my attention to that, and I believe it was this. Mary didn't quibble. She didn't fall out in fear. She didn't have a, a PowerPoint list of all the things that she knew weren't in place yet for her to be pregnant. She said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be done to me as you have spoken. And so his job was done. His task was over. His mission accomplished. He left. There was no need for him to stay any longer. Now, isn't that that's kind of neat, isn't it? So as we look at this verse, let's see three things. First, we're going to see and explore just a bit. Identity, belief, and obedient faith. These three, I think we see in this verse. Identity, belief, obedient faith. It's one thing to hear the word of the Lord and to believe it. But the caveat to that is, and to do it. And sometimes that's the hard part, isn't it? And as people of faith, sometimes that's a process. We hear the word of the Lord, we say, yes, Lord, I agree. And then we have to wait as God prepares our hearts and prepares the way. Identity. So we kind of hit on this a little bit. Mary's family lived in Nazareth, which was a, a rural community. There were, in the commentary I read, there were probably about 400 people in that little rural village. The people were poor. They were subjugated to Rome and bound by the Jewish law and the Jewish customs of that day. Mary understood servant. And that's how she identified herself as a servant. She understood what that word meant. The fruit of her womb would become the servant of all, wouldn't he? It talks about Jesus being the servant in Isaiah, 20, Isaiah 52 and 53. The servant of the Lord. The servant. The one who serves. I love it best in a verse that I think Chuck used last week out of Philippians. Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ, who being in a very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be clung to and grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in the likeness of a human being. So Mary identified herself immediately as I'm the Lord's servant. 
Next, belief. Mary, I think this is crucial, and I feel like God has spoken to me about Mary before. Mary was pure. The word means excellent, pure. Not just sexually pure, but she was pure in heart and mind and spirit. And that's one reason God chose her, to be the mother of his beloved son. She was all those things that God wanted to see in the mother of his son. Mary accepted the angel's words truth and received it as such. Humble acceptance, instant submission. You know, Mary knew God. This wasn't a, a, a surprise. It, it, well, it was a surprise. But she knew the prophetic utterances. She lived in a Jewish family where the word was taught. And she was not unfamiliar with truth. And so when the word of the Lord was spoken to this heart, this heart received it. Submission. Belief. I felt like the Lord said this to me one day about belief. Belief comes through the heart where I, the Lord God, dwell and reside and commune within you. Where I speak my truths and the words of life. Belief comes as I continually impart these words and truths to your heart. Belief is a result of my word and my work in one's heart and then their choice to believe. It comes not as a work of man's, but as a work of mine. For faith, the ability to believe, is a gift. It is my gift to you. It is a gift he gives each and every one of us who simply calls out on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And at that moment, when we do, when we say, Lord, I... I, I believe that you came. I believe you brought forgiveness by the shedding of your blood. I believe God grants a gift of faith. Because then he has a whole plan stretched out before us that we're going to have to believe in and walk forward toward. So believe the work of God's word in our heart. And the last point, obedience. A response from Mary of yielded submission. Obedient faith. Mary accepted as truth all the angels said, and she acted upon that truth by agreeing to it. As God's servant, she would do whatever she needed to do. She didn't seem to question that the angel, what the angel said to her. She might have been confused at the beginning when God called her, when the angel greeted her with, grace to you, O graced one. That's how that translates. Or highly favored one. That caused, the word says, that caused her pause. And she didn't understand really the nature of that greeting. But once the angel announced God's plan, she was on board. 100%. She, she bought in to what God was calling her to. She conquered fear with faith, with her knowledge of God, 
and with her knowledge of the word. I'm going to say that again. She conquered fear with faith. Knowledge of God, her intimate relationship with God, and of the Holy Scripture. Do we have those things available to us? Do we have faith? Yes. Do we have knowledge of God? Yes, and it's growing every day, right? And we have the beloved Holy Scripture. The beloved Holy Scripture. Faith triumphs fear. Faith trumps fear. Say that phrase with me. Faith trumps fear. Oh, yeah. I, I think you would believe that. Come on, guys. Faith trumps fear. One more time. Faith trumps fear. I want to be sure you have that because you're going to need that this week. You're going to need that this week. And as Michelle and I were getting everything ready for uh, today and Anne was here and some of the guys made, putting up the tables, something came that scared me. I had just gotten this done. I had just sent to a prayer, Michelle, prayer for me. And I was afraid, just like that. I mean, here I've been insulting myself in this all week, and I was afraid. And I left, and I said to Michelle, oh my gosh, what are we doing? Here, let's, let's get back to faith. Let's get back to prayer. Let's get back to the Word of God. Faith trumps fear. The scripture goes on in verse 39 and says that immediately, and that meant within the next few days, Mary got ready and hurried to the hill country of Judea to visit her cousin Elizabeth. And I'm going to just remark on that. For a young woman under the her father's roof, for her to get ready and go somewhere was going to take a few days. She had to receive his permission. She had to get packed what little she had. She had to get some food together. Uh, I would imagine at 14, her dad would have found a family that she could travel with. So in a few days, she got ready. Why do you think she went to see Elizabeth? She wanted to see if what the angel had said was true. God gave her that as a confirming prophetic word. Isn't that true for us today, too? We'll hear a word of the Lord, we'll receive scripture, somebody will pray for us, and then in some way, God confirms that, either that day or through a brother or sister who calls or through the word. Somehow, God is faithful to confirm his word to us. If he doesn't, we want to go back to the drawing board and say, Lord, was that a word from you? And how utterly relieved and joyful do you think Mary was as she came into Elizabeth's presence? And we're going to read what Elizabeth said to her as Mary came into her presence. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby within her own womb leapt with joy. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and proclaimed in a loud voice, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. And why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the baby in my own womb heard your voice, it leapt for joy. 
Blessed is she who has believed. There's that word belief again. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Wow. I can just, I just put myself in Mary's place. Here I am, 14, maybe 15. I'm pregnant, not by the man who I'm engaged to, uh, and by a very divine, mysterious way, the Holy Spirit has overshadowed me. And the only earthly sign that maybe I'm going to have is that my aunt, who's older, is pregnant also. Can, so can, I just want you to taste that this morning, taste that, uh, that utter relief and joy that I, I feel like Mary had and that Elizabeth had too. What a, what a divine moment when those two came together and those pregnancies were validated. Mary was so joyful that she sang a song that I want to read the first couple of verses to. Susie, I didn't make a, a slide with this one. And Mary said, my soul magnifies, glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he's been mindful of the humble state of his servant. And again, there's that word servant again. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. That, that song erupted for Mary as she heard Elizabeth's greeting. Belief and faith confirmed. Joy. And so we can take from Mary's story then how belief and faith and a heart knowledge of God overcome fear. All we have to do is agree to it. The enemy is going to bring us things to worry about. But if we can recognize that that is not from God and take that thought captive, as the word says, and say, no, this is what the Lord says. Remember, even in the wilderness, Jesus used the word of God when the enemy was attacking him. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have honest questions, right? We're human. But God invites us to pour out our hearts before him. You know, it says in Psalm 51, verse 6, that God desires truth in our inward parts. He wants there to be truth. And if we're confused, if we're unsettled about something, pour out your heart to him. Ask him. He doesn't care. He invites it. He wants us to have an honest dialogue with him. He's not going to say, oh, shame on you that you don't believe. And I think many people, even people in God's kingdom, believe that deep, deep in their hearts and minds. Oh, what's God going to say? No, God, I tell you, as, as when my, my husband was preaching, he used to ask God some really hard, wild questions. And God never, never whacked him or smoked him. Uh, he always got up the next day. So please, if you have questions, ask God. Like Mary, we can press into God. We can know him and move forward in faith. 
a faith that gives power to our feet that they may walk. Like Mary, we can press into God, we can know him, and we can move forward in faith. No, we're not going to press into God and know him and then sit down. No, we're going to hear the word of the Lord. We're going to begin to know him more and more. We're going to start moving forward. Even if all you see is the next step, take it. Because once you take that step in faith, and I think sometimes God waits for us to do that, then we see the next step and we take it. Then we take it and we take another step. Such is the way of faith. Faith is active. It moves. It's not static. It's dynamic. So yes and amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.